Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And today we are going to talk about Genesis 13. Now, Abraham and Lot and uh, his wife and their servants and so many more. A caravan. Yes, they've all gone out on the road and now they all have quite a bit, bit, bit of stuff and their stuff is competing with one another, it seems. So, Abraham, for example, has Wait, a lot what, of... What does that mean, competing with each other? Well, so, they've been working together, they've been on the land, and, you know, they're agricultural people. And when you have a lot of agricultural stuff, and a lot of servants, and a lot of livestock all competing for the same land... So they're running low on food for the livestock. That and servants are probably getting tense with other servants. Like, it's not jiving so well anymore. This is our spot. No, this is our spot. No, hey, we, you know, we sorted this out. This well over here, you know, you're not just going to the faucet, turning it on. Like, you have limited supplies and now everybody's probably arguing over it. Um, so they get to this place. Um, where they've all got all this stuff and there's strife going on between it says the herdsmen of abram's livestock and the herdsmen of lot's livestock so um they decide that it's time to just kind of split we've gotten to this point where it's like eh, maybe we should take a break from one another get some distance between your land versus my land and so it's time for the the cell to split per se like blood? He no, means like in pirates. Like mitochondria? What are you talking about? No, I mean, typically, if, you know, during growth, you know, cells split when they, you know, when they've grown oh, too big. Like osmosis? <laughs> Not like osmosis. Cells are split. Oh, like, no. Oh, yeah, pirates, the fleet gets too big. They need to sell off some boats. And then they split up all the earnings and they go their separate ways. Okay, so whether you want just the straight what we said, they go their separate ways, or the pirate analogy, or the osmosis analogy, you choose whatever direction. It's choose your own adventure this morning. And vote down below. Which one do you think is the best? <laughs> they were all fine. I mean, you, you all did very well with that. So here's what Abraham says, or Abram, as is his name at the time. Abram said a lot. Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or, if you take the right hand, I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, in parentheses right there. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. So wait, was that left or right? Which one did he choose? East. He chose east. Right, but is that left <laughs> or right? Depends on what way they're standing. North or south. Yeah, I don't think we can solve that one for okay. you. Which... The passage is not. And Abram was standing on the northwest of Lot at the time he made the decision. Well, I mean, if he just said... This doesn't matter! I'm not going to answer this question! <laughs> Abram, 
Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. All right. So he pitched his tent? He pitched his tent towards the direction of where? Canaan. Well, Abram. Abraham settled in Canaan. Sodom. So, yeah, Lot, Lot goes towards Sodom. Abraham, on the other hand, says this, The Lord said to Ab Abram after Lot separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look at the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that no one can count the dust of the earth. Your offspring uh, also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram set his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and built an altar to the Lord. But what about the land in the shadows? I know you're being a nerd right here. Which nerdy thing are we <laughs> referencing? Lion King. Lion King, oh, okay. <laughs> Lot everywhere the light touches. That's so. good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, um, okay, so <laughs> let's pause there for a moment. This seemed like uh, I'm do you hear any overtones or undertones going throughout this passage? I mean, on I one hand, <laughs> she just heard Lion King. <laughs> on one hand, Abraham's like, look, we got to split where you want to go, where should I go? Does this all feel like a neutral passage? Or do you sense like there's anything else in all the lingo we came across here? So we have a lot of different keywords going on that might make us hear this in other lights. Dust is really weird to me. It'll make your offspring like dust. <laughs> that is that is a weird like it's like, no, not sand, it's specifically dust, the right? Dust of the mm. earth. There's other analogies oh, it's God's like, going to okay, use too, right? So, yeah, so the dust of the earth, kind of like the sand. So, like, there's so many grains of sand on a beach, you will never be able to count them. And that's what your offspring will be like. So, God does use sand elsewhere. Here right. he is dust. Another one he uses is... I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, stars in the heavens. Stars, right, so... Yeah. Yeah, all, and these have different like connotations to the words, perhaps. Maybe I'd be curious what why dust this time. Well, yeah. right, dust like dust is very confusing to me because like, how do you count dust? Well, the point is that you can't. Unless, and I'm totally shooting off the cuff here. So we've already talked in an episode. Actually, Olivia brought it up. God later says like stars in the heavens, that's what you're going to be like. And stars in ancient culture were... The sons of God? Yes, they sort were of? spiritual beings, yeah. so they could be seen as all different kinds of levels in the hierarchy of the divine council, if you will. So when Abraham says, one day your children will be like the stars, that, I would say, was actually like full Bible picture, God was also saying, like, resurrection. One day your children will be like spiritual beings. They will put on immortal bodies, live forever, things like that. So, shooting off the cuff here, dust is right here. What do we think of when we think of dust in the Bible? 
Well, from dust to dust. Yeah, we, we, we were made of dirt. We go back to dirt. And then what comes later? Resurrection. So maybe, maybe, shooting off the cuff, maybe God's just throwing out a lot of different analogies. So by the end, you're thinking of the fuller picture of resurrection. Like, just like you will have so many descendants that will die, you'll also have so many descendants that will arise again. And that leaves the question as sand. Was that one just purely to make us think of a crazy amount? Or? I mean, it's easier to count. Yeah. Well, kind it's of. still impossible. Right. <laughs> easier than dust, for I guess. Yeah. Because I feel like dust, for you to try to count, like you'd have to hmm. almost use a microscope to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I wonder if there might be some overtones with the dust. Like, why does God keep using different analogies? Is he, is there double meaning? I think there is a stars. Maybe dust there is too. Just as much as death, so as much as life. I, I don't know. So you're trying to think of like dust is death, sand is life, and then stars is resurrection. How is sand life? It's the one that I don't know what to do with, so that's what I put in. <laughs> you walk on sand. I mean, maybe you walk on sand while you're alive right now. You become dust when you die. You become immortal beings after that. I don't know. Maybe we're just completely crazy. But since I have heard some scholars talk about the stars in light of resurrection, maybe, maybe there's something to death because death always comes before resurrection. Unless you're still alive when Jesus comes back, then you're one of the lucky few that gets to skip that phase. Mm -hmm. uh, but needless to say, yeah, we do have those words right there with dust. Uh, there's some other words here that makes me wonder if Lot is not quite as like... Giving? Yeah. Thomas. Well, first off, have you ever had the conversation where someone higher up the chain than you says, you know what, let's make a decision. You choose. What do you want? You, you can make the choice. Like, I don't know. I usually find like my first response is like, oh, you should, you should choose first. You know, like <laughs> usually that's the humble, like, no, 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 you choose and I'll take whatever's left over. And that's not what Abraham does. Well, and that's Lot. What well, Abraham, does Abraham offers it. Lot does. Lot doesn't necessarily like have like a respect for elders. Kind of like, no, no, no. You, you choose. You choose. Not even like the promises of God were on you. He sent us out to find the land. You should be the one to choose. Things like you know, it's just yeah. like, ah, uh, that land over there is clearly better. <laughs> I'm gonna take that one. Yeah, exactly. Which is interesting because he sees one spot out there that's mm. plentiful of water and mm. he says that whole spot all of that water that's going to be mine you can have everything else mm. you guys can dehydrate to death we'll take the water i mean that i'll take this half of it and then that area over there and you can have this half of the nice water area and you know the land to that part he sees the one nice part and he takes it all for himself instead of sharing it yeah yeah, he goes right to, and water, not easy to come across. Like you gotta, back then you gotta find like a well, you know, wherever you're gonna end no, up. No, you have to dig a well. You have to dig a well, you have to find a well, you gotta like take care of it. Because most of the wells that were found were Taken. done by Abraham. Yeah. He's the one who 
dug most of them. Yeah, and so like finding water, not easy. So Lot looks at right and left, east and west, whatever. And like, uh, clearly anyone would want that one when it comes to land. In fact, the comparison is to the Garden of Eden. He sees it, the Jordan Valley. He's like, oh, that's, it's well watered like the Garden of Eden. So like he's, he's wanting, you know, paradise, but also like Egypt and Egypt, that's usually a key word making us think of oppression in the Bible or just not pleasant themes because Egypt eventually is going to become like the major oppressors of Israel. So there's a word that stands out to us a little differently. Like he wants the paradise, but paradise is also coming alongside words like Egypt. It also pauses to say like this was before the Lord destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. That word destroyed is used uh, in Hebrew when we're talking about the flood. So like that's another unpleasant word alongside of it. And the Bible, of course, I love when the Bible pauses to put things in parentheses. It like we complain today if you give us uh, um, spoilers, you know, the Bible likes to do that, though. It's like and so he chose this way. This was before God destroyed that place. You know, like <laughs> clearly it's like hopping ahead and be like not a good place. You know, another spot in the Bible that does that. John loves to do that about Judas. And Judas was the treasurer. This was before we found out he was robbing us. You know, like just, whoa, leave that for the end, man. You just spoiled where this is going. You know, like John does that all the time about Judas. He's not happy. And whenever he mentions Judas, he's got to pause like, by the way, um, this jerk face did this to us later. One of them would betray him. Obviously Judas, you know, so like, when the Bible pauses to like, give you a heads up about negative things, you know, here and Judas are <laughs> two examples. Um, but also, Abraham's going to Canaan. And when God said, go to the land I will show you, God stopped him in Canaan. It's like, this is the land. This is yours. So, to some extent, like, Lot is separating from the promises that was put on Abraham's family. He's leaving what Abraham was promised and going another route towards where ultimately Sodom and Gomorrah. Like we we know how messed so up. So does that this mean like Lot actually founded Sodom and Gomorrah? No, it was already a place. Uh, it says now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Okay. Like God is incredibly patient all throughout the Bible, and sometimes we fail to see that because the anger stories stand out to us a lot. But like Sodom and Gomorrah has gotten to such an incredible point that God can't even find five righteous people there. Like. That's that's patience to to wait that long. Peter is going to say like God, Jesus hasn't come back yet in their time, which was like seventy years after Jesus died. Mm -hmm. Where's Jesus? Why isn't he back? He's too patient. He's waiting for more to be saved. Revelation literally pictures the entire world as falling apart, like everything is just complete chaos before God comes back. Why? Well, as long as there's still some good, maybe good things can still happen. Like, God is that patient. Sodom and Gomorrah. So what you're saying is God's like a Lions fan waiting for success. 
I mean, lions would be first in heaven at this point, right? Yes. Because they've lost so much on earth. <laughs> yep. So, sure. All right. My point, though, is Sodom and Gomorrah didn't become evil overnight. Lot already has to know that, and yet that's exactly where he's headed. And is Lot saved from Sodom and Gomorrah? Yes, he's the only person, him and his family, are saved because they are, I guess, righteous or at least connected to Abraham. But how righteous was Lot? <laughs> we see some things that happen after he's saved in Sodom and Gomorrah that yes. make me question yes, he... how bad everyone else must have been. Right. Oh, don't sleep with these angels. Um, sleep with my virgin daughters. Rape them instead. That would be better for the situation. Lot, you know, how blameless are you for your culture if that's how you think? Still wasn't a good solution as we see the angels shut the door and go, With magic Why? powers. <laughs> yeah. So. None of that has to happen today. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Lot, you know, we, we just have questions as to like how... You mean we have a lot of questions? Ah, ah, that's one of the better Casey jokes I've heard. Yeah, we have a lot of lot questions. Though you have to wonder um, if Lot still, if he's like righteous enough to save, like how bad was the rest of the city? Because Lot was actually, when God, when the angels go to Sodom and Gomorrah to like judge it, Lot's sitting at the gate of Sodom. And in the Bible, people who sit at the gate are like the judges over the area. So, <laughs> so Lot, like, look at the bad judgments he makes <laughs> after we meet him. You gotta just wonder, you know, how, how great it was. Likewise, he seemed to know his community because he wanted these angels to like, you gotta come stay at my house, it's getting dark outside. Like, <laughs> why do you live here, man? <laughs> you know? Yeah, because the angels are like, uh, no, we'll spend the night in the town square. It's like, no, 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 you, you gotta come to my house. So it's like clear Sodom and Gomorrah pictured overall like is well worthy of the judgment God puts on it. It's just lost its, it's actually things like the flood and Sodom and Gomorrah are pictured throughout the entire Bible as like examples of the final judgment of the day of the Lord, because those were both like two large finalities of judgment. Like you couldn't escape the flood, you couldn't escape Sodom and Gomorrah. So these and everything that comes along with them, the idea of fire and burning and and like they all become descriptive words used for like judgment on the final day. Uh, because these were examples of huge judgments that God found on places that were worthy of such ridiculous judgments, which were to some extent uncharacteristic of God. He doesn't usually just step in and like blow places up. <laughs> so uh, all that being said, we get to the story of Lot and Abraham, they're separating. Is it just a neutral, uh, we've got problems or are they, is there more going on in Lot's decision to leave? Uh, you see his life is going to be affected by this decision. And so there's there's more on the table, I think, than just splitting up. And I think maybe you see Abraham show, like, 
um, that his heart is in a better place than Lot's because what does he do? He goes to Canaan, which is what he was promised. Uh, and then he um, goes to an altar and he puts his tent right by the Oaks of Mamre, this terebinth. You guys remember what that is? Nope. It's like sacred place where people thought divine beings might dwell or right. show up. Okay. So Oaks of Mamre is what we said last time. This time it's the Oaks of Mamre. I don't know if that's the same one or different one, but Abraham is intentionally settling where he thinks he might find God, and now he's living right by what might be considered like a sacred area. So it's as though he's trying to live in the presence of God. He builds an altar to God there and, you know, tries to stay in God's presence. That's kind of a different example. That's like the the complete opposite of what Lot's doing. Uh, it's practicing like everything that the Garden of Eden is not. It's it's like the false Garden of Eden. And so between these two, um, you're going to see that God's going to bring judgment on this place that doesn't look anything like what he has called humanity and civilization to look like. And uh, that was part of Lot's choice was to keep heading that direction. There's one other word here that I'm curious about. The Bible throughout these first 13 chapters of Genesis keep picturing the mistakes people make as like moving towards the east, or at least we keep moving east. The Garden of Eden was planted in the east, and then they're kicked out of the Garden of Eden. A cherubim is set up in the east of the Garden of Eden to keep people from coming back in. And then the Tower of Babel is towards the east, and, and now we have Sodom and Gomorrah, which is towards the east. So like, I feel like the Bible keeps picturing this like, we're leaving Eden as we're like choosing to run away from it almost rather than going back to it. And now we've gone so far east that when Lot sees uh, paradise and compares it to the Garden of Eden, <laughs> it's like so far the other direction that it's almost like anti-Garden of Eden. You know, this is Egypt, Garden of Eden. It's, it's the opposite. So maybe those words are pictured that. It'd be a whole lot easier if the Bible was like Eden was in the West <laughs> and Sodom and Gomorrah was in the East. Uh, then it'd be obvious, but we are still continually going the wrong direction of paradise. So maybe that figures in too. So with that being said, we'll see how this continues to play out in the following chapters. In the meantime, be sure to like, comment, subscribe down below. And of course, if you have any questions, leave them there or on the Discord. Bye.